Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Good evening. 7 p.m. Tuesday. It is 7 p.m. Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, pretty sure it is. It's definitely Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Tuesday. So I'm in the right place. Are you? That's the question. Well, if you've got a burning issue related to plastic surgery, well, then you are in the right place because this guy here can uh, help to solve that and um, to answer your questions. If you haven't got any questions, that's okay too, because I've got my own questions, which I have um, previously been asked in the week, and I will go through them now. If you want to ask me something, you can ask me something. Um, Claudia C, Mama 3, nice to see you. Um, and... Um, I will do it next. Well, you can ask me now if you want, and I'll do it now. Or you can ask me um, after this, and I will do it next week. And something you might notice is that I don't won't name your name. So sometimes people worry about um, naming name named and shamed. There's no naming and shaming going on here, here Elaine Grant Hartland, is there? No. Evening. Hope you're well, Elaine. Good to see you. Um, so. I will not name you if you ask a question. If you want to, you know, ask a question, obviously people know it's you if you ask a question on here now. But um, when people have asked questions in the week, I'll just say the question. And to be honest, I, I don't know a lot of the, who they are, a lot of them. Uh, they just put it on a spreadsheet, you know, Amy and Nicola and that put it on a spreadsheet. So, um, yeah, so by all means, ask a question privately or, or email us or message me and I'll, I'll answer it. Um, privately too. Corinne, happy belated birthday to me. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, that's another notch on the bedpost. Um, yeah. No, is it notch on the bedpost? Something else. Anyway, yeah, another year anyway, another year older. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's very, very nice. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, right then. So what we got, you're saying, oh, you had a great, I did have a great day, actually. I had a great day um went out and about on in the daytime and went to see the batman with with my children with ella and jack my children on um in the evening so that was really nice really nice going to the cinema and it's really good doing something on a friday i really like doing something on a friday because it makes you feel like you've got a more of a weekend then you know do stuff on saturday and then you've got sunday straight into sunday but you do something on friday and then the next day's saturday so you still got your weekend big fan of friday stuff personally comments please um are you a friday night or a thursday night person um yeah well while we're waiting for the results of that poll to come in i'll answer some questions here um do we do double earlobe reconstruction now i was thinking about this because i don't know if you i don't know what you think goes on behind the scenes i'm sure you probably think it all gets done for him and he doesn't do anything manually and he just turns up and answers these questions. Well, you'd be wrong because I actually have to copy. 
Amy and Nicola put it on the spreadsheet and I have to copy and paste it from the spreadsheet onto this thing where it comes up on the screen. So you would think if if I don't ask, I know the answer to a question, I wouldn't put it on, wouldn't you? That's what a reasonable person would do. They wouldn't put it on. But no, I've put it on. I've put this one. I mean, I don't even know. I'm not even sure what that means, double earlobe reconstruction. Now, it might be referring to the paper that I wrote with Mr. Niranjan in Chelmsford for a double flap technique for reconstructing a split earlobe. So it might be that. I think it's not that. But anyway, I do, I do do that. Um, so that is people who've got a split earlobe, the earrings pulled through, giving a cleft in the earlobe. And there's a technique whereby you can maintain the hole if you want to keep the if you want to keep the earring in the same original hole the other alternative is to have that split closed and then get the ear re-pierced elsewhere on the lobe but sometimes like people like the hole where their initial one was and so they they can have that kept with that double flap technique so i do do that i suspect this might be talking about more of a congenital abnormality um with the earlobe and um it's not that common i I do remember doing one, but many, many, many years ago. Um, <clears throat> so that is, if it is a, a congenital abnormality of the earlobe with a cleft in the earlobe and a, and a, <clears throat> um, this chap that I remember had another one around the back. But anyway, it, it would be something that we'd have to look at on a case by case basis. Now, um, so we'd have we'd have a look at it. So I would say send us a photo. We'll have a look at it. Um, I do do quite a bit of earlobe reconstruction in terms of the split earlobes. When it gets into congenital abnormalities, particularly if there's abnormalities elsewhere on the earlobe, you could look at um, someone who specialises in earlobe uh, or ears. There's not many plastic surgeons who specialise in ears, but Mark Lloyd is someone in the region who does specialise in ears. So um, if it's a, a, a difficult or unusual abnormality that might be something we would point you in the direction of I'm not sure how much mark lloyd's doing these days i think he's not doing that much but anyway he might he's he's a good guy um so the answer to that is if it's a split earlobe double flap technique definitely yes if it's a double earlobe cleft earlobe congenital abnormality we'd have to have a look at it and take on a case-by-case uh, basis as you would with a generally with congenital abnormalities because they can have a quite a wide spectrum of things with them maxine sorry maxine i saw you put a post there maxine is saying she loves a friday night i am with you on that one maxine that's so the poll currently is going two for bigging up friday night zero for um saturday night so friday night's definitely winning at the moment so you and me maxine at a friday night um and no one else has commented but anyway that's all right um jackie's here nice to see you jackie as always uh claudia c what you got do you offer renewion oh my lord renewion i'll tell you what jack uh, claudia so many people are i mean what is it i'm gonna google it live i don't know what's happening with the camera renewion what the heck is renewion people relatively new non non-surgical procedure um radio frequency okay so uh, the answer is no, Claudia, as you can probably tell by the fact I'm Googling it. Uh, trying to look into more skin tightening without cutting. Um, rejuvenate. So it's, it's, it's um, so, okay. So it's a non-surgical procedure. Radio frequency, I believe, is it? Uh so no, I don't do this sort of thing. Okay, so it's completely non-surgical. Um, 
so no, there's lots of long, long, non-surgical things, uh, Claudia, and um, I don't do them. I don't do Renuvion, and I don't do all the other non-surgical things. But I do know that radio frequency is said to cause a degree of skin tightening. So uh, it would, and I think radio frequency for screen, for, for skin tightening is um, an accepted. Um, modality of of creating some degree of skin tightening, but I don't do it, and I understand how you're looking into skin tightening without cutting. And uh, we spoke about this. Was it last week? Was it the week before? I mean, I looked at all these things, um, Claudia. But um, I mean, if you think about it, I remember. I remember when we looked at one of the machines. We looked at one of those fat um, removing machines. Uh, actually, that was for radio frequency. So they do radio frequency for fat removal as well as skin. I think it's a little bit more. Um, suited to skin tightening uh, radio, radio frequency, but basically it's delivering energy to the to the tissues, whether that be the skin or the um, fat, and it's delivering energy with a view to sort of killing the fat or or you know um, somehow sort of harming the skin in order to cause some degree of skin retraction, um, and. You know, they're very interesting because if you think about it, if you get it right, if you get one of those those machines and you get it right. I mean, I was thinking about this when we had the people come in and um, um, lifeguard Sarah, by the way, you've asked to, to join me on the live. You're welcome to join me. Always say this, but I feel that's often a mis misclick by people. And if I do say you can join, I will open up your camera and there'll be a split screen. So if you want that, by all means say and I'll, I'm happy to talk to you but if not then um, I'll just ignore it um, and you know when we had the machine we had this machine and they came and said they're going to trial it I could have gone onto the street and said to pretty much anyone I've got a machine that causes some degree of skin retightening or I've got a machine that causes some degree of fat removal it's non-surgical it's on you know it's on site it's just thing that you put you know some of them you put on some of them actually don't even touch the skin some of them are sort of distant from the skin um will you try it pretty much anyone would say yes i mean i would you pretty much anyone would say yes the market for these machines is absolutely huge the market for these machines is pretty much everybody let's face it um whereas if you've got a surgical procedure liposuction or some kind of surgical procedure you go out on the street and say i've got this surgical procedure that i'm just trialing you know we'll give you a free treatment free treatment of liposuction or something much much less likely to get people taking that up so if you can get the non-surgical market stuff right your market is huge compared to the market of surgical um, treatments uh having said that i only do surgical treatments so what kind of a mug am i um yeah, now I've said it like that. Yeah. What a mug. I should do non-surgical, shouldn't I? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. So I don't do Renuvion. But perhaps I, I tell you what, I've had three people ask about it in these Facebook lives. I think I think um I think well I've I've had three patients by now if I did do it, wouldn't I? So there you go, there's a start. Mind you, they've probably gone and it by, done by someone else by now. But yeah. So Claudia, no, I don't. But uh, good luck with that. Let me know how you get on. If you do use it, let me know how you get on. Tell me if I should get a Renuvion machine. Um, but I've been underwhelmed by the results. That's why. I find, I find they're quite subtle from what I've seen. And they're quite expensive. Those, those are my two um, criticisms of the machines. They're subtle results, expensive treatments. Um, but if you have a 
different experience. Let me know. Uh, Lifeguard Sarah, which garments do you recommend for tummy tuck, the wraparound or suits for a tummy tuck? Um, yeah. Well, personally, Lifeguard Sarah, I do quite like the wraparound. So basically, if you don't know what she's on about here, um, other, other viewers, do, and for the benefit of our other viewers, uh, when you have a tummy tuck, there's like a, a thing which is just like a, a, a band that goes around and then Velcros on itself. Um, which is, I think, the what you're calling the wrap wrap around, or there's actually a garment and a garment that you actually can you you put on hooks and eyes. It's got a gusset um, and it's a little bit more um, fitted. There's good and bad about both. Definitely, the garment I guess would probably give you more compression. The problem with the garment is it's not adjustable. The, the garments are sort of different sizes. So you have to get, you know, you have to size it right, and and it can be difficult with swelling. It's also difficult with drains in, but particularly it's difficult with going to the loo. It's hard. That's my main problem with those ones. I think they probably do give more support, but they're quite hard to manage it taking them on and off, and they're quite hard to manage going to the loo. Let's be, let's be frank. And um, I find the wraparound ones obviously adjustable because it's Velcro and you can Velcro at different levels. They're often a bit tall, I find, the wraparound ones, which can dig into your breasts, dig into your hips and, and your thighs and stuff, which is a bit annoying. But uh, the adjustability is quite nice. And if, it's, if you're feeling a bit better and the swelling's going down, you can tighten it up. If you feel a bit uncomfortable, you can loosen it off. Loosen it off. So I, I certainly to start with, I think the wraparounds are good. But then maybe after a week or so, the uh, fitted garment might be suitable. Um, but it's just a little bit more of a palaver with the fitted garments, both, both in terms of getting the right size and in terms of taking it on and off and, you know, washing and, and going to the loo and, you know, managing the wound and stuff. It's a little bit more difficult with the, with the fitted garment. But it's like anything. There's pros and cons of both of them. Um, <clears throat> can you revise a C-section scar that is wonky and has a lip? Yeah, I mean, normally with scar revision, the, it's important to be specific about what the problem is. So a lot of people will say, I've got a scar, don't like it. I don't like it. You know, I don't like the scar. Can you get rid of this scar? And that's never going to happen. We're never going to be able to get rid of your scar. Anything we do is giving you another scar. So we've got to think, what am I going to do to give you a better scar than the scar you've got? And so if you've got specific problems, so wonky and a lip, specific problems, yeah, we might be able to help you with that. We might, couldn't guarantee it. It's very unpredictable scar management, but uh, scar revision, because you're, you're, you know, you're trading one scar for another scar, and scars can heal um, differently. So the wonky, difficult, we would, I mean, I'm assuming maybe is it pulled. I'm not quite sure what wonky, whether it's pulled up or whatever. Um, you know, could try and maybe make the con, make make the the shape a bit better. But the lip, I'm thinking, yeah, the lip is something probably we we could help with. Because the lip's quite a common problem, and and um, you, the scar can be a bit tethered, giving you a bulge above it, making it look like you've got a fullness above it. So something like a mini tummy tuck or or a just a revision of the scar would certainly aim to get some fat underneath the scar, so it's not tethered down, so you don't get that sort of lip. So you get you know you get a bit of a better contour from where the um, scar is going down. But um, yeah, the wonky we have to have a look at the lip. I'm pretty thinking the yeah, lip is often a problem with a C-section scar because they're often tethered in and we could probably have a have a good go at making that better. So that's that's nice that you're asking specifically about what the problems are. So that's good. Good question, that one. Not that the others weren't, of course, because they were and all questions are very much appreciated. Um, 
how soon after an operation on my neck can you revise the scar? Now, I saw this. I saw this person um, ask this question on the uh, online chat, and they were having a thyroid or some kind of thyroid operation. And the first thing I would say is when you have thyroid operations, I know you're really worried because it's right in your neck. They can often heal really, really well. So I wouldn't write yourself into a uh, into a vision scar revision because thyroid operations scars are often really, really nice hairline, skin color, beautiful scars. Um, in specifically, how long should you wait? I would say a year. A year is sort of the benchmark of where we're wanting to wait because we want that scar to be as good as it's going to get. And then when if you think you're scar vision, as I say, you have to be specific about what the problem is. If it's just it's a scar, I don't like the look of it. There's nothing we can do. If it's dented in, raised up, wonky or the lines wrong, you know, we can change the shape. We can change the, the angle of it, the line of it. We can change you know try and help with the raised nature try and help with the dented in nature try and help if it's stretched you know particular problems are healing so there are things we can do but if it's just the fact you've got a scar there you're always going to have a scar there um so we can't get rid of it but we might be able to help but i would wait at least a year and i wouldn't write yourself into a revision i think if you're having thyroid surgery it may well be better on its get better on its own because they in my experience you know they usually settle beautifully um Corinne, what you got how long do you recommend wearing the post-op garments for particularly best reduction in TT? So um, personally, and this is a this is something that you probably will find will be different with different surgeons. Personally, I say day and night for a month, given both tummy tuck and breast reduction. Now, obviously, you take them off to wash and things like that. Um, for the breast reduction, you'll be all taped up for the first week, and then we'll put you in a bra, which will be the equivalent of the of the post-op garment. Um, so I say day and night for a month. After that, see how you go. Now, the, the swelling does take a few months. I normally say about three months before it starts to settle. So it does take a while before it starts to settle. But it's quite a big deal to say you've got to wear the garment day and night for three months. So what I normally say is after three, uh, after a month, see how you go. You can start to maybe spend some time without the garment on. You can maybe not wear it at night and see how you feel. Listen to your body. If you feel good and if you find the garment annoying, then you can um not not use it if you don't mind using the garment and you're okay with it then carry on because your swelling's still going to be there for a good few months so there's no harm in carrying it on it's just that particularly in the summer people can get a bit cheesed off with them and like oh i've got to get rid of my garment oh it's really annoying me i'm like well you know a month is the is the is the you know the given time see how you feel if it's annoying you, then you, after a month, you can see how you go without it. But some people say, how long can I can I carry on wearing my garment? I'm like, yeah, of course you can. You can wear it as long as you want. But um, but the month, I think, is the is the is the start off and then and then ease off and see how you go. I'm three months post breast reduction and I still wear mine. I find it so comfortable. There you go. There you go. Crack on. You know, there's no harm in carrying on wearing it. It's just um you know that's fine if you find it comfortable and say look see, see how you go without it and it might hurt it might swell in which case you want to go back to it Susie Bav good to see you um I want breast augmentation but I am allergic to silicone what would be my options first I'd say that's rare allergic to silicone I'm not saying it's not possible I'm sure it's possible I'm sure you can be allergic to pretty much anything but it's rare but nevertheless, if that's it, we'll, so we'll take it as a given at this point. Because the first thing, if I saw this person, I'd be like, what do you mean you're allergic to silicone? Where's that come? So you might have had an implant, it might have got infected, red, inflamed, 
wound open up, implants sort of coming out, and they think they're allergic to the implant. I'm like, this, that's just an infection. You know, that's not necessarily an allergy. But let's just take it as read that there is an allergy here. So that's the first thing. Is it an allergy? Because it's, I don't think I've ever seen, and I, I might be wrong, but I don't think, I certainly can't remember ever seeing anyone who's allergic to silicone, but probably in the world. It's a big place, isn't it? There's probably someone out there. Um, it's probably a thing. So let's just give it, take it as read that it is it is an allergy. So if you're allergic to silicone, what are your options? Well, implants are out because implants have a shell and have a have a contents. Now you can get saline implants, which means the content of the implant is saline, but the shell is still silicone. So even saline implants are silicone, have got a silicone shell. So um, they would you know that that's still silicone so if you don't want any silicone in your body implants are out there are no implants that are not silicone so you are looking at uh, fat grafting basically um that would obviously not be um silicone well, obviously it's fat so that's your options i'm thinking yeah or option singular yeah that's it so you got, I think, yeah, fat grafting, which is a good option because it's natural, doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't have any problems in the long term, but it's subtle. That is the problem I always say with fat grafting is subtle, but I, it sounds like that might be your only option. Although, as I say, the first thing would be to explore this allergy to silicone thing, but, but uh, yeah, if you don't want silicone or if you're allergic to silicone, you can't have implants. Um, are you familiar with polyurethane foam coated Brazilian sticky implants? Am I familiar? With Brazilian sticky implants, is the Pope Catholic? Could we do that again? Yeah. Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> Sorry. Well, so you just have to do that in the, in the edit. Yeah, of course I am. Of course I am. Polyurethane. So um, they, they, to be honest, they used to be called the furry Brazilians. Um, Brazilian sticky, okay, uh, because they've got a, a foam coating around the outside. And they used to be made in Brazil. That's why they're called the Brazilian, the furry Brazilians. Or never heard them called the Brazilian stickies, but Brazilian sticky implants will go with it. Um, so uh, this is basically the polyurethane foam implants. Now, the company that made them in uh, Brazil was Slimed. Um, they were the company that made them in Brazil. And uh, they've gone now. Slimed have gone. Um, and so there's a company now in Germany called Polytech, which makes them. Um, so it used to be two companies that made them, Polytech and Silimed, but Silimed have now gone. So Polytech are the only company that make them. And I use them a lot. I like them. I think they're really good. So yes, in the short answer, yes, I am familiar. So we can't so we can't really call them the furry Brazilians or the Brazilian sticky implants anymore because they're German. But uh, can we call them the German, German sticky implants? Uh, but no one does. They're just polyurethane foam. But uh, yeah, historically, they were called... Um, uh, Brazilian, furry Brazilians or Brazilian stickies. So, uh, well, I say I say Brazilian sticky. I've never heard them called Brazilian sticky before, but this patient's calling it that. But uh, yeah, so they're strictly speaking not Brazilian. They are German, but um, because the Brazilian company no longer exists. But I'm very familiar with them. Short answer. I'm not sure if there's a follow up to that question why they want. So yeah, I have used the, used the polyurethane, and you do need someone who's familiar with them. But there, there is a bit of a learning curve with them. Um, do we offer uh, full disclosure? No, that's the wrong word term. Uh, fair warn. Fair warn. Uh, I am on my last question. F FYI. And also fair warn. I'll try and say this at the end, but I'm not here next week. Big things going on next week. So I'm not here next week. 
next Tuesday that will be, won't it? Um, I don't think I will anyway. Oh, will I? Maybe I will. I don't know. All right, gloss over that. Do we offer male tummy tax? Um, of course. Why not? Come on, equal opportunity. Definitely. Defo. Yeah. Why ever not? I mean, a couple of things about the male tummy tucks. First thing is that they, um, the male tummy tuck is for weight loss. So there's two reasons you need a tummy tuck, and that is weight loss and having children. Obviously, having children is the, is the remit of the female of the species and, um, and is a common reason for needing a tummy tuck. But, you know, you can also need a tummy tuck if you've had significant weight loss and you haven't had children. And both do the same thing. So having a child, the child stretches the skin, then you deliver the child and the skin doesn't recoil enough. Same thing with weight loss. You, you put on weight and it stretches the skin and then you lose weight and it doesn't recoil enough. So you're left with redundant skin. Both have the same problem, you know, whether it's weight loss or or, uh, or pregnancy. The, the problem is too much skin and, and redundant skin. So uh, clearly that can happen in a man who's lost a lot of weight. Um, there is a slight, the other thing about the male weight loss is, uh, or the male got, uh, tummy tuck, a little bit higher risk of um, hematoma in my experience. I don't know if that's um, borne out in, in the world, but I do find the tissues are a little bit more, the planes are a little bit more um, difficult to find and cutting and things are bleeding and, and you know you, you can get hematomas you can get hematomas as any with a female as well but uh but yeah i don't know why i said that really because we offer male tummy tucks yes we do um and hematomas are risk with any tummy tuck but um yeah male tummy tuck absolutely fine bang on bang on oh thank god for that jackie jackie is in god jackie when you need you come on hashtag ask jj as well come on viewers can we just take a leaf out of jackie's uh, book please appropriate hashtag usage by jackie there uh you get the gold star uh this might gold star this might sound this might be a stupid question i start hrt tomorrow with wrt with respect to is that any future surgery would i have to stop these meds prior to op that is a completely good question jackie that is not stupid in any way shape or form and in fact there's no such thing as a stupid question jackie you should know that um, but that's definitely not stupid at all and that is actually quite a big um topic in terms of plastic surgeons and, and what you do about hrt the pill is the other thing and um both of them uh the hormonal treatments will increase your risk of dvt so the problem with having hrt and having surgery is surgery increases your risk of, of, of a dvt because you're lying on an operating table not moving so you get clots forming in your legs which can fly off into your lungs and form a pe so that's a really significant complication and when you're on uh the pill and also on hrt uh, you're uh, increasing your risk of forming DVTs. So that's sort of doubling up your risk. You've got your HRT and your surgery. So many surgeons will ask you to stop your HRT um, beforehand. Again, it's very relevant to the surgery and it might also be relevant to the procedure. Personally, I don't uh, I don't ask people to stop their HRT. And if you're going to stop your HRT, um, similar with the pill as well, it's six weeks before. You have to stop it six weeks before. So you have to think about alternative alternatives in the meantime if there are any or maybe you just go go cold turkey obviously with the pill there you have to talk, look about uh, alternative forms of contraception and with the hrt you just have to 
be without it for six weeks. So I thought I find that stopping it for six weeks before can cause quite a bit of morbidity, can cause quite a lot of stress when people don't maybe have six weeks notice for their surgery and things. Um, so what I do is I take measures to reduce DVT, which I do in anyone, whether or not they're on HRT or the pill, but I do this for everybody because I'm very aware of the risk of uh, DVT and PE with any surgery. It's particularly high with tummy tuck. That is the one that we do worry about um, DVTs and PEs because you're putting tension on the abdomen. So you're reducing the renus drainage from the legs. You're increasing the risk of clotting in your legs. So we do, we give you TED stockings, you know, those funny stockings you have when you're in hospital. We put these things called Floatron boots on your calves, which are continuously blowing up your calves. And I will say to you, move your legs, move your hips, move your ankles, move your bum, take deep breaths, cough if you need to. And the best thing you can do to stop a DVT is to get up and walk. So we get you up and walk straight off the bat. If not the day of the surgery, definitely the next day we get you up and about. And that is that will really reduce your risk of DVT and PE mobilizing soon, you know, early mobilization. Um, but it is completely not a stupid question. And there are people who will ask you to stop your HRT six weeks before for that very reason, for the, for the, uh, the, the risk of clotting uh, reason uh, but that would be up to the surgeon and it would be up uh, potentially to the surgery as well obviously a more minor procedure you'd be much less likely to stop it for a major procedure you would be more likely to stop it but it is um a slight not, not sure if contentious is the right word but certainly when i was in the nhs there were you know some of us did stop it some of us didn't which is difficult for the uh, difficult for the secretaries because they have to remember which patients we asking to stop the hrt which one we're not um and any time this difference of opinion means there's no right or wrong there's no one right answer to it um if there was one right answer we'd all do the same thing so you know everyone's just got their view on it and they've got their um own experience of maybe having uh, potential problems or not so they will they will um, uh, um, have, have a view on it for that but there's no answer to it whether you should or shouldn't uh, but it's something to be aware of and totally not a stupid question um, Alex very excited for my consultation tomorrow very excited for my clinic tomorrow Alex I'm looking forward to seeing you welcoming you to Stiano Towers um, yeah so uh, not it's not like not here it's not here Alex it's proper it's a proper building and everything it's not like this place yeah. state of that eh um is the dog going off right so um i personally have got to get an early night so i've got to see alex tomorrow so i've got to get my you know proper night's sleep it's obviously a big day um clearly if there's any questions i might let's just check yeah might have a couple yeah might have a couple of minutes yeah, that's what they do on the webinars, isn't it? They're good, they say. I'm running out of time now. I bet they haven't got a time limit, but it just sounds professional, doesn't it? Well, we're running out of time now, so we're going to have to go. In, uh, clearly, Antique Road Trip's on, and next door, no one's watching TV. because They've been watching TV the last few nights, but I haven't been watching my Antique Road Trip, but there's no one there, so I'm going to go and see if I can get in. Um, but if you've got a question, ask away. If not, post it, message me. And as I say, I will do it next week and I won't, won't, won't mention your name. So don't worry about being named and shamed. No naming and shaming going on on this one, my friend. This is purely non-judgmental, no names mentioned. So I, actually, yes, that's the thing. I'm not sure if I'll be here next week or not. I am not sure. Up in the air. I don't know what's going. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I might or might not be. Corin, love you big time. You were here at the beginning. You're here at the end. Uh, great live. Thank, catching it. Maybe not making any guarantees, Corin. You know, I'm a bit 
ducking and diving wheeler dealer we'll have to see how it goes um susie hope you're well and i will see you all i'm sure in the week after surely to god the week after if not next week it might be next week i mean made a big deal of it it might be next week i don't know probably won't get any questions now will i now i've said that i don't know but i'm gonna say maybe not next week anyway thank you there's hearts coming up i don't know what it means but thank you Facebook, loving you big time. I'm going to check myself out of Facebook, stopping the stream. Insta. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.